Number nine. Number nine. The following takes place between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. I sent you a link to the Grantland article that... I read uh, it. <laughs> the close-up of that man's mustache that he put in that article was splendid. It, it was it was just the mouth. It was a smile, and it was the oh, I I I've already done this pro- preliminarily for the podcast. <laughs> the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was uh, that, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh, the 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 mustache picture. Uh, I guess well, did did mustache appear in this episode? I forget. Oh yeah. Okay, so he did. Uh, oh, and this yeah, episode because, being because Mark 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 Pedro was on the phone with. That's him, right. And. Uh, you know, he basically made sure that Mark Boudreau did what he said, and Mark Boudreau certainly felt the power of the of mustache. The mustache. Uh, this being episode 10, is that correct? Is it 10, 10 of 12? 10 of 12. Oh my god, this is not, this is not happening. A friend commented to me yesterday, how are they going to finish it up in two episodes? I think that was Al who said it. It you can know, be people, done, though. People are, say, people are saying that, and I, I certainly understand that reaction. Uh, it makes sense, but... I mean, they've always ha- very successfully tied everything up within two episodes or oh, yeah. one episode. Yep, when you think it has, it's going to be too much of an undertaking, and that's never been the problem. Uh, especially considering, and I'm sure we'll discuss this, uh, that so many of the characters are in one geographical location, right? Or close enough to one geographical yeah. location. And and for me, David, part of that reaction is that it's like, well. Uh, we want more, and how can you take it away from us in two episodes? I don't know if that's what he was going for, but that's that, that's how I feel about it in this the tenth episode of Twenty Four Living the Day. That's right, and uh, this was eight p.m. to nine p.m. Uh, that we're going to be covering, and I thought it was a goodie. Uh, I thought there was really a lot of uh, compelling stuff, and you had used the word earlier in the week uh, when we were talking about it briefly about how engrossing it was, and I thought that that really is a great word to describe this latest hour of 24. Do you still feel that way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, just reviewing the notes that I sent to you and the subject line says, holy shit, by the way, which is just, you know, I, I, this show is that type of show, but more so a holy than... Shit, it was a holy shit episode for a holy shit show. Yeah, exactly. It is the holiest of the... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go down that road, but... Um, well, no, the, the, let's just be clear, the Holy shittiest of episodes of this show. It comes down to it comes down to two episodes for me. Because again, just holy shit means holy shit. It's six four when Kurt Jack has to kill Curtis, and then five minutes later the bomb goes off. Yeah. Okay. Or it's Tony kills Larry. Yeah. Sure. I, I think in terms of yeah, trying to do the holy shit thing, that's what it, that's what it is. <laughs> but this is neither six four nor seven eighteen. This was nine ten. Nine ten. So, um, so just a lot of riveting, intense stuff. Some good surprises along the way. Uh, I thought a couple, a couple of great character beats throughout the hour. Uh, you know, good little twists, good big twists. Uh, some very nice scenes as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was the best of Live Another Day. Uh, but I wouldn't begrudge someone for feeling that way. And yeah, yeah, I, I really, I really wouldn't. One person that we watched it with uh, the other night said that he felt it was the best episode of the season. Right, and I, don't, I don't know if I go there yet. It certainly could be because you know I haven't had the second viewing. 
Um, it's damn good on a second viewing. Yeah, I can imagine. But it certainly was, uh, if not the best, um, for lack of a better phrase, the, the, the one of the most eye-popping, um, with the other one being, you know, obviously the Heller, Heller death, or non-death as it were. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, and there's been no shortage of, of this throughout yeah. the season. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think particularly it's a nice rebound from the previous episode, which, you know, while it had its good moments, we both felt it was up and down. Yeah, this was, this was just tense, up all the way. Uh, good, damn, damn good stuff. Um, it was, and there was a lot, I think, that happened here um, to, to really kind of sink, sink, sink our teeth into. And unfortunately, uh, I think one of one of the many holy shit moments um, was spoiled for me because I happened to look at the Grr. wrong part of the screen mm-hmm. during the opening credits. So, so I heard that uh, and saw on a rewatch that Si Ma, who <sighs> plays Chang Z, I heard his name was in the credits. So, ever consistent by, you know, the uh, 24 production, who last week they did not have William Devane's name in the credits, because I guess they wanted to preserve his appearance that President Heller was still alive, but they didn't feel the need to do that with Sima, which is, you know, not an ethnic-sounding name at all. Um, <laughs> you know, I know I know. sometimes this is a, an actual, it's an Actors Guild issue. mm uh, and they do have to get exceptions for these types of things. And, you know, perhaps they did that with, uh, they, they didn't feel the need to do it. Right. In, in this case, uh, I'm glad I avoided the credits as I always try to do and, uh, have succeeded at doing every episode this year. And I'm sure I just jinxed myself, mm. but except for the first one when I saw Kim Raver's name in the credits. Oh, you did see that one. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, but Heller had shown up by that point, so... Uh, oh, during the credits. and Yeah, yeah so, I, I mean, it wasn't as much of a uh, as of a surprise. Yeah. What did you think? And, and I know... What you, what, tell the world of five people who are listening to this. What did you think when he showed up? You know, my, my very, very first reaction was, whoa! And then... My second reaction, which was a half a second later, yeah. w- was, yeah. here we go again with Chang. Yeah. And then my third reaction was, no, this is really, really good, yeah. and it makes a ton of sense. Uh, and then thinking about it in retrospect, which is only when I have these such thoughts, the one I'm about to say is, functionally speaking, it was a great move for the show. Yeah, it's a loose end, um, which they seem to be tying up quite nicely throughout in, in certain respects. Or, or uh, even if not closing these loose ends, they're at least giving them some, some, uh, some length. So, um, my reaction was sort of similar to yours. Um, I think I described it to you as I'm so fucking done with him. Like I'm so done with it. And initially, that came from a place of like, oh no, not this again. And then as the scene played itself out, and I thought about how they set it up because this. This isn't out of nowhere. This isn't just like, hey, 24 fans, remember your favorite villains? Well, he's not one of them, but he's back. It wasn't one of them, because they've been do, setting do you up. Think he's not, do you think he's not one of them? I know I'm not saying he's in the, you know, he's not on the Mount Rushmore of, of 24 No, that, that was more of a, that, that was me being snide. Okay. <laughs> it's snarky. But, um, but you know, they, they did build up to it in a certain way, whether or not you would actually see Cheng himself. They, they, they continually... You know, through through at least two to three episodes in in this season, n- name drop China 
you know so it's not yes, like this they, came out of nowhere so they set it up right um, yeah they they did and yeah. and you don't know what happened to chang at the end of season six he may have blown up he may have not so he no, that's still not be true. alive oh, that's oh, not true at the end of you're forgetting season six and you're actually forgetting a really good moment in the season six finale oh right they took him into custody i'm they, sorry they took him into custody and the last thing he said in season six is my government will not abandon me like yours did to jack bauer which and then when when chloe did the you know the little he bit doesn't of work for the government. dialogue. Yeah. She said he doesn't work for the government. His own government had him arrested. And then that certainly fits in with what, what he seems said. to be, uh, Chang's motive here, uh, which I guess is to start World War Three. Uh, fun 24 fact as a, as a tangent, because I just looked this up. Sima, who made a surprise appearance in season five, episode 24, was not credited in that episode. So, oh, yeah. real, con- <laughs> real consistent. Sure. I had a feeling he wasn't credited. That's why I looked it up. Um, that's funny. Uh, yeah. What, what, what can you do? Yeah. But, you know, Chang coming back really, um, I think it's good, you know, earlier in the season, we joked about, ooh, I wonder if season nine is the season six sequel that nobody ever asked for. <laughs> and, you know, in, it's not exactly that, but, you know, Chang shows up, so it's sort of, you know, is a, in a sense, a season six sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you have things like the Hellers returning for the first time. Uh, but, you know, this certainly doesn't have the feel of season six or any of the plot threads of season six. And, you know, season six, for, for all the comments that we make about it and, and the, the derision that it has faced That's the word. From, there, from, there you from, go. From, from the fan base. I actually think some of the Chang parts in season six were the best parts of that season. So, same thing with the Hellers. Now, the Chang and Philip Bauer stuff was not at all. Sure. Because everything with Philip Bauer pretty much sucked. Yeah, I, I, a, 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 a quick sidebar, I think most of my issues with that season hinged on the Philip Bauer things as as opposed to anything else. So Yeah. Uh, so, so Chang showing up, you know, it's it's a good move. It's a good move because, one, here's an, effect, here's an effective surprise. Yeah. Two, you're only working with 12 episodes, and we're doing, uh, I presume Chang is the final big bad of the series. Who knows at this point, because we thought Adrian Cross might be. Right. But, you know, you know, you're only, you only have a couple episodes left, so it would, so you're working in a little bit of shorthand of, oh, here's this heinous individual that we all know. They don't have to introduce somebody. They don't have to, you know, give a new character and take the risk that fans won't respond to this new character, and it's just, oh, well, we need someone to be bad. Here right. it is. I also like how Cross, and we'll get to him, in, I'm sure, in a little bit, but how Cross and Margot have, you know, have been fairly gray area villains. There's either been a certain nobility or uh, sensible ideology, you know, to, to one, uh, to Margot and right. more than one dimension. Uh, right, and now, you know, and, and even their goals, okay, and what they were trying to achieve, you know, was very specific, uh, and, you know, within those characters, and I think Chang's goal is within this character here, uh, but, you know, now now we're talking about, okay, moral ambiguity seems to be thrown out the window for, for the moment in terms of the villains, here it is, here, here's, here's big, bad Chang. Right. Uh, did you also, maybe you didn't catch this on a re- on, on the first watch, because I certainly didn't. I felt like uh, Ma varied his performance a little bit. I'll have to look at that more closely now that you mention it. Um, yeah, he was a little slower 
a little more gravelly, uh, and just as menacing. And, and I've actually always liked Ching, Ching as a villain. Uh, and I like seeing you know, the scars on his face, which yeah, that was a good touch. Explosion in 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 six twenty four. Uh, you know, other reasons why I think Chang works as is a. What I mentioned earlier, how it's a good functional choice, but you know, Audrey and Heller are in the season, right? Don't you think they are going to have even more stakes with Chang? Yep. No, that's and a good point. And I think I think that that's another really good move. How they revealed Chang was still around was good. They didn't do one of those things where they mention the villain. Oh, we're going to see the villain. Who could the villain be? And yeah. then Chang's the guy behind the door, or you know, <clears throat> you know, even though he actually did come from behind a door, a door. but it yeah. was <laughs> you know, cro- Cross and Cross and Chloe walked into a situation. Yeah. All of the open cell geeks were dead except for I think his name is Stosh. You know, the guy who you really can't understand, yeah. um, who is just bleeding out of his mouth, uh, which was a pretty gripping image. Uh, and then, what the hell? And then Chang walks in. Uh, so I thought, I thought that was a good way that they did the reveal. And, you know, they already got to it. This is what Chang, Chang wants. You know, I, he's having the U.S. attack China. Uh, he's using the, you know... Uh, this new override MacGuffin device. Uh, so I, I thought this was a, a fairly, well, well, certainly not a move off the beaten path. It was an on the beaten path move, but it was an inspired one, uh, especially in retrospect. I, yeah. And, and for me, I'm looking forward to, um, what this, what the triangle could look like when you, when, when you talk about there's Chang versus, you know, well, pretty much Chang versus the world, but also, you know, in some in some way, shape, or form, is this is this China versus Russia versus the states versus London, which is actually more of a rectangle, but London and the U.S. I would assume are which London, should, London right? would also be UK, right? Uh. I well, um, that is correct. Uh, but yeah, I mean, is it? And actually, I thought at some point during the episode when you know when you had Chang appearing and you knew about what Mark had done to send Mister Mustache over to Jack's location. What was that firefight actually going to um, involve all three parties? Which it didn't. Which is probably fine. Uh, yeah, it might, I, I, might actually work better out. Uh, work out better. But you know, at the time I was like, "Oh, this could be great. This could be some just gigantic like orgy of violence between three like warring factions." Yeah, um, I thought I thought that was pretty. Um, I thought that was pretty great. And, and I, I thought, and I wonder if there's anything. Uh, if it's if there's anything more than just oh. You know, they happen to be in the same area at the same time, so they're going to fight. And actually, some backstory to, is there anything going on between Russia and China as well? That's, you know, not too in-depth, but enough to make it more interesting for the last two episodes. I'm sorry, you're going to say something? No, I'm just with you. With I, I was thinking, oh my god, Jack and Kate are going to the same place. The Russians are going to the yeah. same place. Chi- uh, uh, Chang, Chang is in, in a place with Chloe and Cross, who is still alive at that moment. So, <laughs> I, I thought I thought this was... Really good. Let me ask you uh, a question. They've mentioned a couple times throughout the season that Cross has just been a middleman, uh, and clearly he was dealing uh, with other people. Yeah. And even in the previously on 24 segment, they replayed the Cross saying, hey, I'm just a middleman, when he was saying that to Navarro. Did you start thinking at all about who that middleman would be? Uh... And did, who, who, did you... You know, who did you think it might be? As a, in terms of like an individual or a faction? 
Um, Either or. Because I, I would, I was always suspecting it was China, just because they had dropped sure. the seeds in there throughout. Like I mentioned earlier, like they, they had been talking about China. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go with the Chinese. And, you know, part of the, oh, wouldn't it be nuts if it were Chang did creep into my head. I didn't really give it so I, much yeah, serious thought. I thought that thought. much earlier in the season. Yeah, but I, fig- I figured out, I, I, you know, I figured like if it's going to be somebody who's Chinese, it, it you know, it's very, it, maybe it's not Chang, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is, Um, which, which, right. which makes, which marks, you know, how momentous him showing up is because even as I was expecting something like that to happen, I was still like, oh my God, it's Chang. You know, that reaction that I get when I see him in the credits. And he still hasn't, I don't even know if Chang knows that Jack's in play. I, I'm guessing he might think it because Chloe's in play, but I, we haven't heard him say Mr. Bawa. Yeah, Mr. Bawa. Uh, yeah, it, it, and... Well, and I wonder, I wonder if that's some information that either Navarro or Cross or both passed through their channels, and we just, you know, we just didn't directly see it. You know, I, 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 I think it's very plausible that they might have mentioned, like, hey, guess what? Jack is, Jack's hanging around. Um, maybe, maybe he's in a situation where it's just like Bauer. Who gives a fuck? Like he's not going to stop me. I don't care. Or, or right. I or mean, maybe... he's been he's been pretty resourceful uh, in all his time on on twenty four. So he likely does know that Jack's back. But sure, m- maybe not. I was kind of thinking just a little bit when they brought when when they kept mentioning that Cross was dealing with someone that it might be Alan Wilson. I just mm. had that thought, but. You know, the other thing that I really came away with uh, from this episode was I was so impressed because you saw how all the pieces fit together and points to the 24 writers for such an intricately plotted, well-told story. Yeah, this and- is Shades of Season 7 in terms of just like, all right, we have this time to really draft something and, 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 and take, take the time to make a complete season before we, you know, go into doing it whole, you know? Right. I mean, and you see, the seeds were planted with Cross and Yates. I love them bringing Yates back in and, you know, that Cross did design the override. They mentioned China earlier. The thing with Navarro uh, came back from, I guess it was episode six. Uh, you know, think things like Kate's husband, you know, the motivate, Cross's motivation. Uh, why, you know, how Yates left Cross's group, we knew this in episode one or two, Yates was dealing with Margot in episode two, and we learn, oh, Yates, <clears throat> Rates just wanted to sell his stuff to terrorists, right. whereas Cross wanted to design this thing to give it to China, and that doesn't, that doesn't, maybe they retrofitted it, and it's a perfect retrofit, or maybe it's, oh, this was the plan, and it doesn't feel something tactile on of, oh, this badder guy was double-crossing these bad guys. Yeah. You know, everybody had their own motivation and or, or uh, right. of some sorts, and and it was very it was very little of like you know. Um, a- a- although I think that scene does play out where Cheng uses them as pawns. Sure, you but know, it, it doesn't it feel wasn't... it doesn't feel tacked on right as a big plot move, and it doesn't feel tacked on. Oh, because we need to do something in you know eighty percent of the way through the season. Also to, it, to up the ante, right? Whereas also in a the lot way, of twenty four seasons, such as season six, right? You just I'll, look at it. Oh, it's not this guy. Oh, they, they're. Oh, Fayed is done with this device. Yeah. Uh oh, Chang calls Jack up ten minutes later because he wants the uh, FP sub circuit board or whatever it was co- called. 
But here's and, another MacGuffin that you didn't know about. Right. And, oh, now Chang's dealing with Philip Bauer on it. You know, season six, part of the issue with it is, from a storytelling perspective, it was all the things that 24 does but doesn't always need to do, and it wasn't done well. Right. The plotting of that season. This has been really tightly plotted, as, and the story's been told quite well with no fat on it, no weird, no weird, you know, diversions or, Barry you know, a, you know, areas that the show's had to just find itself in for two episodes. And I came away really impressed with that. This has probably been, in terms of telling the story, one of the best jobs the writers have ever done. Now, I don't actually think this has been the best story they've ever told, but we'll, I, I'd like to even save that discussion until I see the, the entire season. story. Yeah. You know, for, you know, for all, for all we know, okay, Megan Matheson is behind it all. <laughs> uh, what, what about in comparison to like other kind of, so we, so we, we've kind of gone into how, how this compares with season six and, and, you know, I think, I think we come away, obviously this is much better done. And, and this is a big, this is another big shift. You know, we, we've discussed shifts in previous seasons where it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're kind of two halves or three arcs and you can see kind of a distinction. Uh, what are the other, um, I guess, late season, I think you call them late season big moves that, um, that. Yeah, and talk we're talking about. real late in the season, not yeah. even. Not halfway so, point, not, but like. I don't, I don't think three quarters of the way. I think it's more like final two episodes. Mm. Uh, you know, of the way that that's what I I would mean by late season. You know, you have. I'm just trying to think. The one that I'm uh, while you're thinking, the one that yes. I have in the tip of my tongue is um is actually regarding Jack in season eight, where you know he's reached a point with Renee's death where he goes to Michael Manson, gets himself armed up, and resorts to all-out violence. Yeah, so that took place. That was like around the 2021 area. I think it was 1920. 1920, okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's 19 when you first meet uh meet Ricker, maybe or he's Rucker, whatever his name stuff. is. Um, you know, I but I feel like you know a late season big move would be um in season four. Okay, Marwan just launched a missile, and or Tony's kidnapped in episode season four episode twenty. Yeah, I was gonna bring up the Mandy piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah th that's. That's one. Or in season five, um, oh, Beer goes back, and at the end of episode 22, he's using the last nerve gas canister to take control of a submarine. I thought this was a more compelling move because Chang wanting to start and being somewhat successful already in starting World War III, and the, and the U.S. did just attack China, uh, was certainly a big ambition. And I also think it comes a little bit more from character uh of chang and uh, you know the couple other things going on simultaneously with jack and kate and the russians and bedreau and audrey and, uh, and all of that i think th there are a lot of there are a lot of balls up in the air and i like all the balls <laughs> you like all the balls i um, like I, all the balls I, I think what i like about this one is that it it it, it progressively elevates chang you know, for, from season to season, it progressively he has progressively elevated to new levels of antagonism, uh, almost in an organic sense. You know, he starts off just as a Paul. You know, he's a he's a bureaucrat. Uh, no, he wasn't a bureaucrat. He was a security chief. He's a, and he start he starts off as a guy 
who's really doing his job because right. a guy, someone invaded his country. Right, right. That's what I was trying to get at. Like he, he starts off as from from an administrative and investigative standpoint. You know, he's a thorn in the side of those who we consider protagonists and those who we consider the heroes. But like you said, that you know, it's his duty. It's him trying to get to the bottom of it, and then he graduates to you know moving towards, depending on how you look at it, potentially Personal vendetta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And that, now he's kind of a supervillain, and we have to sort of just look away from whatever was going on in season six with that circuit board and Philip Bauer and Josh Bauer and but even the, even the, then the, though the alliance between them and just lots of other things that were just bloody bad. Um, <laughs> but but even then though, before before we move on, uh, even let, let's let's you know look away from the. Bauer family side of, of that equation from season six. I mean, again, as a stepping stone to what he has become now, you know, he moved from little personal vendetta of like, you know, all right, this this fucker screwed us over last time, and we're gonna get him again. And you see that through the through the prequel on the DVD set to the first episode of season six, and he's in a place of greater either greater power or greater ambition. And you see that ambition continue to rise throughout the whole Bauer. Philip Bauer cooperation, you know, you take away the Philip Bauer, you still got Chang in this position of, I want this stupid little circuit board because my goal is is, is one of, you know, greater aspirations than right, it was before. It was to help, it was to help you know, help his country, his, his, his country's, uh, mil, you know, military prowess. Right. And then and, now. Yeah, I think that's cool. And now he's probably on another personal vendetta, I guess, against the U.S. and China. Yeah. Which, you know, you're uh, almost part Chinese by descent, um, you know. So, how do you think that fits in with Asian values? That's an interesting question. Uh, to be clear for listeners, I'm incredibly Americanized to the point where I understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so my opinion could be very skewed. Um, and and for reference, my my parents are are of Taiwanese background, so you know they do have lineage from China, and they do you know certainly all, have Asian values. Uh, you're almost so, Chinese, huh? Yeah, almost, almost is Chinese is a fair is a fair descriptor. Um, that's interesting. Okay, so so I I think I think my Americanized uh, upbringing does play a lot into my answer, which is to say, uh, I may get this very wrong, very wrong with respect to what would Asian values dictate. Um. I think from the uh, from the notion of saving face, I I I don't know if this really plays into that. You know, he he's been arrested, and you know, if 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 you go by that notion of I have to save face, I have to you know restore reputation and honor, or at least display contrition. Uh, this is not that. This is him no, saying, "Fuck you guys, I'm going rogue." And, or so it seems. Uh, so it seems that good point. Good point. At the at this point in time, it seems that way. Um, it's not something that I have identified with more traditional values. Again, if someone out there is more Asian than I am, which is a ninety nine point nine 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 percent like likelihood, since I'm not very Asian at all, um, you know, let us know by tweeting us. Uh, you know where. Um, but yeah, like it doesn't seem like that to me, which is which is a t- totally different thing. Than saying this doesn't seem plausible or feasible. I think sure, it totally yeah, is mean, plausible, and feasible. Right. Um, and he, there's no rule that says, oh, he has to. He has to follow adhere, his values. Adhere to his country's right. values. I think you know. It, it was just an a, a random question that came to me. That that was. <laughs> well, it's a, it's certainly an interesting the, one, and it, and 
And that does come into play when, when you see that scene play out or where he's like, let's attack a Chinese sub. That certainly was like, huh. Now, why would he do that? Even in the face of his government arrested him and he, maybe he feels a little bit betrayed. But why would he actually go to the lengths of saying, I'm going to fucking sink a sub of my own people, you know, and, and to answer your question of does this fall in line with that and my answer being no, that is exactly why that that reaction why I had that reaction when I saw that was like, like I, you know, I still couldn't fathom him doing something like that, even after what was done to him was done to him. And so that makes it even more interesting for me to see how this plays out. Right. I mean, Megan Matheson just, she has a hold on people. That's why he's doing it. She's, she's what in her early twenties by this point, maybe we've established Megan Matheson is probably about 20, 25, 25. She's, she's of age. He might, Find her attractive. I don't know. Who knows? That's kind of gross. Oh, we, we've mentioned Megan Matheson's AIDS w- way too many times on this po- <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, I don't want the, our listeners to to get the wrong idea here. So let, let's let's um, let's move on from that. Last week we you know we spoke about how a lot of what's going on between Cross and Navarro is going to come down to motivation. Mm-hmm. Well, we sort of got our answers to that this week that. I guess let's tackle Navarro first. So Navarro was pretty much a plot device. Yeah. Which uh, I mean, I'm more more or less fi- fine with. Uh, you know, he Navarro was basically just a guy who was for sale, and then was doing things to cover his own ass. Sure. Uh, it, it, it would be nice to get that kind of closure um, at some point, even if it just takes five minutes, just so that he's not. It's not dangling. Uh, I think, you know, we have our answers with Navarro. Uh, I thought that was probably the most stuff Benjamin Bratt got to play, uh, in those couple scenes he had with, with Jack, with Kate, with Ritter. I was glad Ritter got to step up a little yeah. bit this week. Uh, he's been, he's been at the sidelines for the Yes, past very, episodes. very, very much so. To the point, to the point where Jack pretty much dismissed, just, just dismissed him, even though <laughs> Ritter's running the CIA, uh, London branch. Hey, yeah. if if you get to share the spotlight with Jack, at the very least, you know you're doing something, uh, something right. Well, you know, Ritter also had that line, I guess, somewhere in the first or second episode when he said to Jack, oh, "I heard something about you. You used to be the man back in the day." Yeah. Or you know, that, that's that's a bad paraphrasing by me, but that was still the essence of that line. Right. Um. So I thought you know, Brat got some good stuff to do. Uh, the interrogation scene with. Jack was a nice callback to what opened the season. Yeah. Uh, I think Benjamin Bratt also did make his, uh, his play for the most handsome man in the 24 universe with that whole scene. <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of people were talking about that. He, I, I think he won that encounter and not, not to say that, not, well, not all to time. Put... Huh? Are you, are you saying? Oh no, no. I'm Benjamin sorry. I, I, is the most handsome man in 24. No, no, no. I mean oh, that okay. he won the he won the interrogation, and not to put everything in black or white, win or lose, but like if we're keeping track, um, you know, he lasted through that one. You know. J- oh yeah, he, he, he. I agree. He 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 won. Um, and it was a nice touch for him because I feel like you know, as you said, he's been a plot device, and you know, both you and I are fans of his, and to see him, you know be stuck in this role where maybe he doesn't have too much to do. Maybe he doesn't have the most interesting scenes yet, you know, past the first episode. Um, it, it would be, it, it was nice to see him have his little moment. Um, in, in, yeah, in this I, thought, I thought he was, I thought, I thought he was good in that, in that scene. And, um, yeah, 
I, 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 I thought, I thought he was plenty good, and make sure we yeah, watch and traffic for that scene. Right. Ultimately, there's not that much to say about Benjamin Bratt, Steve Navarro, uh, a- anymore. So the big thing was Cross. What, what did you think about Cross's motivation? I think it's in line with, um, I think it's in line with his ideals. I think it makes sense. Absolutely. I think, it, I think it's plausible. Um, and it, it at least solidifies him as a character in this season for me, where before I, you know, I was like, fine, whatever, he's just there. Maybe he's another plot device. And, and, yeah, you know, I think Adrian Cross came away that, uh, as one of the show's more intriguing characters. Just yeah. within this episode, how they brought everything together with him. And, yeah, I mean, Cross was... Um, I mean, know, I th- it, what he wanted to do was within, was within the character. Yeah, I, I think it's very in line and comparable to, you know, to, to his analogs in the real world. Not to say that I, you know, follow WikiLeaks with any great intensity or know what Juli- the man as Julian Assange is about in real life and, and, and that this is exactly what he is. But just from a sense of like there, there, there is a, there is a thing to be said about doing, doing what, what we perceive as a criminal act, the wrong thing in the name of what you believe is a greater good, regardless of what, you know, how you achieve that. And he, you know, him believing like, he's like, no, I'm not taking this device so I can blow things up. I'm taking this device so that I can put the world on even footing and, you know, hopefully this makes people stand down. And right, and, you know, this is the extreme... It's an extremist thing, yeah. Th- th- this is the extreme that someone like a Juliana, Juliana Assange could go to. And I think that's, you know, the point they're making with with the story of someone could want to take it this far. And I thought there was certainly a, a, an amount of idealism in what Cross wanted to do. And I thought that was... That was much better than him being... Him turning tail and being like, no, him, I'm actually a terrorist. Him turning on, being a terrorist. Or him being a man of no morals, and, you know, he just went where the, the money was. Right. And, you know, he had that line to Chloe of, uh, you know, I, you know, China was paying for, for this. Uh, I was, you know, I was using them. They thought they were using me. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I thought it placed Cross in, in a really interesting position. And, uh, you know, this episode also gave Ant you know, perfectly showed uh, how he was preying on a weakened Chloe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and how he very much was, you know, like like we have been saying, uh, like a cult leader. Uh, and something of, you know, he he was sort of, to his people, a messiah, uh, a messianic figure. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the line that, he, that Dave is specifically referring to is when uh, when he reveals to Chloe that uh, that Prescott and Morris were not targets of an assassination. They just got hit by a car, and and that's it. And you know him, keep... which which I also really liked because if you remember talking about oh that way back, earlier, yeah, I remember you mentioning that. you know earlier. I I thought I I thought the idea of just random horrible things happen in the world of twenty four um, or in the world period. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting. I thought that was an interesting idea. Yeah, and it, something twenty four hasn't done often, and uh, I like that we got an answer to it. Uh, and I just happen to really like the answer. Yeah, the 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 way that this it, the way that that played out, and that you don't see the freak accident. You just you you get to absorb each character's viewpoint on it. Where Chloe paranoid paranoid thinks that it's something to do with you know what they know, and and confirming later from. 
uh, what's his face, uh, Cross's viewpoint that like, no, it was actually just an accident. And just seeing, you know, his motivation for keeping that from her, her reaction to that, her initial thoughts uh, to what she thought was a plot, and like how that kind of deepened her desire to do what she's been doing for the past two, three, four years, you know, sure. made it much sure. more interesting. Um, and and well, play well played by Mary Lynn Ricecup as well. Uh, now, you think Chloe's kind of just going to return to being on I... Jack's side, or do you, th- or do you think we we still have more to see of the Chloe versus Jack difference in ideals? I uh, I don't know necessarily that this reveal or this uh this latest course of action. Uh, will reverse her ideals. However, that being said, I do, I also don't think that her ideals will come into play in such a fashion so as to clash with Jack. Yeah, because, that's, that's well that's well said by you. Yeah, because because essentially at this point, their ideals um will not conflict with what their goal is likely to be going forward, which is hey, let's stop World War Three. Yeah, know, the, neither the of them want don't, that. The ideals don't matter. Right. Uh. At, anymore and you know that's that's fine i I would like to see them return to that only because i always thought it was compelling and there was a lot of opportunity within it uh you know the writers might not feel the need to return to that right and i I, you know i would be fine with that i mean like you it would be nice to see that but i think they've they've kind of landed on a spot where there are other important things that could be that, that could be executed great and you know, just seeing where these things go from there, that I, I think it's fine to not have to go back to that. Um, now, if the ending kind of goes kaput and it sucks, yes, it would have been a nice thing to have, but somehow I somehow I doubt that it's going to disappoint. Maybe I'm being optimistic. But... Well, 24 has always stuck the landing. Even I even think even in season six, it's it's stuck the landing, and certainly the big beats in the season six finale. You know how much of a fan of those I am. Yeah. So. Um, so, you know, we'll have to wait and see, of course. Um, did you think at all about Morris when Chloe was arming uh, Chang with the override and how back in season six, our favorite season of 24, Morris uh, yeah. had armed Fayed with it and in one of Chloe's fights with Morris that season, she said, here's a piece of advice. How about you not arm terrorists with nuclear bombs? I you know I I don't think I, I didn't have that in mind although that's a good callback. Um, I do think this situation is slightly different just because like you could not that you could tell but you know it comes out in in the in the latter part of that scene that she was actually trying to pull a fast one on them not not trying to out and out like give oh, them that's, what they want. Oh, that's wanted. a good that's that's a good point. I think it also doesn't have the same implication because Morris is. N- was a federal agent then, and right. Chloe's not here. Right. Chloe's anti-government. So we'll, we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, another thing that we have to just see where it goes is uh, what's going on with Boudreaux, Audrey, the Russians, the mustache. Everything's turning up mustache. I got to say, before we get into that discussion in a, in a deep uh, on a deep level, I, I love that little touch of Audrey snapping at Bedro just by knocking on the door coming in. Oh yeah, like, that was that was a good husband that was a good husband wife yeah. moment. Like it seems it seems like like an innocuous thing that you might see every day in some strained relationship, but just the way that that came off and that the the, the punch there, uh, the figurative punch was was great. Um like it it just uh, yeah. it, it caught me in a way. Um 
Yeah, she just snapped and she apologized for it. Yeah. And, you know, then Boudreaux did end up saying, you know, ever since Jack walked back into the picture, you've been different, which isn't exactly the case because before she even knew about Jack, you know, she and she and Boudreaux were having their issues. Yeah. Um, it's fine if Boudreaux is applying his own revisionist history to yeah, it. You know, th- people, I think that's great. Yeah, I, people, I think yeah, from a character do that in standpoint, relationships all the time. Yeah, I think from a character standpoint, like his projection of that, and it, you think about it. No, he, she hasn't been that different. It's, it's been him. If there's any indication of, you know, what his goals were and how he was behaving, um, you know, until Jack shows up. And, and granted, we only have. How long was it before he was informed that Jack showed up? Like half an episode, three quarters. Yeah, of an episode? oh, I'd maybe even less. I I would go with second act of the first episode. Yeah. Um, but just you know, just the demeanor with and, and and I'm calling the the stress, the strain between him and Audrey a constant because you know it's clear. Um, it's clear that that's been there. But just you know, his demeanor again, uh, shifts from you know really looking at this Heller thing and co- coaching him through it, and you know making this about um the success of their involvement in the UK uh, mm-hmm. to shit. Here's a monkey wrench in my marriage and in these plans and in whatever. And I'm going to, and, f- and in, na- and in terms of national policy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like he turns from, you know, this, we remember we started off, you know, liking what he brought to the table, uh, not from an acting standpoint, because I, I think, I don't think that's ever gone away. Like, I, regardless of how we feel about the character, like, I think that Tate Donovan's been doing a great job. Right. Um, but just from a, like, you like his involvement to, oh, he's a sniveling, like, weasel. Like, I'm not sure where this is going, and this seems a little bit too underhanded. Oh, I like him again. It, yeah, it's just, the, it's just the right amount of weasel. Uh, you know, I still think there's a little bit... I still have a little bit of an issue with why he signed the rendition form in the first place and the forgery, and if that was too much or maybe too much too soon. Uh, and it's interesting to me that, and we'll revisit this when the whole season is done, how his forging the rendition form is both going to have major ramifications on the plot, which is fine, and also, I think, major ramifications on the qualitative analysis, uh, as much as something, an act like that could have. Yeah, I, I do think that it points to, you know, clearly this is a man who you know, who acts too much for, for someone in his position in the government makes decisions and acts perhaps too much from emotion and, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, not bitterness, but um, spite. You know, that signing the rendition was initially like, oh, shit, you know, Audrey's never going to hear the name Jack Bauer again, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, now he's back in the picture. I'm going to forge this document. And then after he does it, it's like, oh, maybe that wasn't such... A good idea. I shouldn't have done this. And then when they when he has the second, not second, but when he has this follow up argument with Audrey, who he's he's thinking like, oh, now she's back in love with him because he saved her father. Blah 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 blah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna storm off in a rage and call the Russian and tell him exactly how to get to Jack. Well, the Russian actually, um, I feel like the Russian was calling him Anatole, but I could be wrong on that. You, you, he he may have, but I think the the decision to release the information and the 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 mood that Boudreaux was in when he did it the look in his face the behavior it was very much to me it spoke to me of a like I'm mad I'm getting cuckolded by this guy who who I hate uh I'm gonna show him 
And, you know, it kind of came out that way. And then later in the episode, it's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done oh, it. Oh, you know, I actually think some of that's in play. But I think with Pedro at this point, it's basically been he regrets signing that forging that rendition form. And he even you remember, he tried to take it back in. Yeah, yeah, I no, you're right. That was he did. The, the sixth episode. It was the sixth or the seventh. I'm pretty sure it was the sixth. Uh, and now he's just now it's become self-preservation. OK. Uh, and, you know, that's that's fine. And. I'm, I'm assuming this is going to have major plot ramifications as well in the, in the last two episodes. Uh, you know, with Bedro getting caught or, you know, maybe Jack actually being taken in by the Russians. Who knows? Um, so I think there's a lot of interesting stuff right there that we're on the cusp of seeing. And, you know, last week we both expressed some level of dissatisfaction with Heller still being alive and putting aside whether you like the twist or not and the execution of said twist that Heller was alive, I have to say I'm really glad that Heller is in this story because I think uh, Boudreaux is going to probably get some level of comeuppance, which has mm -hmm. to come from Heller. Right. And if since this uh, forged rendition form is, is going to become such a significant piece Heller needs to be around for that. And really, the, the, the main reason I feel that I'm glad Heller is around, uh, especially instead of some vice president that we've either never met or weren't aware was the vice president, mm -hmm. who vice president was mentioned again in this episode. But, you know, now with this whole conflict with China, I'm glad that Heller's going to be at the forefront of this because it's going to give a more, another compelling presence in the geopolitical story, uh, as well as we'll have to see if the, the Alzheimer's becomes, uh, rears its head. But I'm, I'm glad that Heller is going to be at the uh, center of this uh, conflict. I'm very, very much in agreement with that. Um, and, and I think it just comes down to the whole, we pulled a fast one on you, he's still alive. That's the most irritating part of this. Um, but you know, as with Tony uh, in season seven, um, which is a, diff a completely it's a, it's a diff different type of fast one, it, right? But it, it, you know, for comparison's sake, what I'm saying is that you know, even with for me that kind of disappointment, you know, at, at the end of the day, what matters is you know, all right, they've done it, can't do anything about it, you right? So how do they make it work? How do they execute on it? How do they make it pay off? And you know, going forward, it's it, it, it's you know, if they do it right, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, based exactly on what you said, he's involved in this Chinese drama, which, you know, he had some ties to in the past, and he, he should be a central figure in that. Audrey has been a central oh, figure yeah. in that. I, I, for, I forgot even about that, that he's, it's going to be the, the Chang part of it that Helen yeah. might have some. So, you know, last week we did say... Uh, we have to see if Heller has a vital role left to play in the story, and I really think he does. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so points them and wow we've, we've spoken a long time in this 24 podcast but i don't think we've really mentioned jack power <laughs> um in, in, in any way and i don't i don't think we've mentioned kate morgan in any way this was but th this was a good this was a good hour oh, this was so it, it, good in, individually for the both of them uh as well as uh for them as a duo oh my god the, uh, just seeing um seeing kate get another moment to just explode uh, was fantastic. Um, all all the stuff that you learned about her husband and the grief and the fact that she stopped believing in him and now it's all been you know been reversed. 
uh, which is just tragic, by the way. You know when very tragic. You know, and not not just. The I fact remember. That, I remember when that happened to me. I was, I, it was very hard for me to get. <laughs> um, when your wife stopped believing in you. Um, but yeah, I mean, just not only just the suicide, which which was sad, but just you know when when someone that you that you want on your side that you think is going to be there for you no matter what loses that faith in you, and and that is just gone. And you have yeah. nothing else to live for. And then on the other side, the person who has lost that faith, realizing, you know, well, hey, that's a really shitty thing that I did. Not not actively did, but, you know, you know, I lost my faith in someone who, you know, deserved it all in the, to begin with. Um, and now I'm just hearing about this after it's too late. And getting to take that out on Navarro in the way that she did um, with the actress that's playing that role uh, was... It, you know, again, shades of Jack, uh, without question, just, you know, again, the female Jack Bauer, like she pulled that off, I think, masterfully. And it's it's one of those things where where after that scene, you know, is over, everyone's like, oh, man, she played that so well. She played him. She played them. And I'm like, she did play him. But I also would not have been surprised if she ended up pulling that trigger, just like Jack may have done in in previous previous times where he would have done the same thing where he was in that right. position. You know, yeah, you really and, thought that they were going to pull that trigger and they were crazy enough to possibly do so. Um, right. And I wasn't really thinking or not thinking, oh, is this a ruse by Jack and, and Kate here? Right. Uh, exactly. I was just thinking, wow, Kate's in this. I thought this might be one of those things where Jack has to shoot, you know, Kate, you know, has has to shoot her. And I was thinking like, oh, my God, just don't actually kill her. Here. There's, <laughs> there's a way for him to shoot her and not, you know, in, in, in the arm or whatever. And uh you know, when she first flipped out about it, when she saw Navarro coming back, that was great. When she, you know, you know, I don't want to say fake flipped out, used the flipping out to break Navarro. That, that was great. The line that she got of, you're going to, you're going to be, uh, convicted of treason and executed with the death penalty, and I'm going to be there to watch. Oh, that was great. I li- that, that was great. You, I mean, you could imagine how much I liked, uh, seeing someone get that vindictive. Um, so, so it was it was a uh, another good hour for sexy Strahovski. <laughs> Is that your official? Are you officially dubbing her that now? No, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm dubbing her that today, and it's appropriate. So, uh, and you know, then she got some good stuff uh, with with Jack when they were in the car driving to uh, you know the Russian sabotage, and Jack was basically talking about. You know, what he did when, when Renee was, uh, killed in season eight and right. how, how remorseful Jack was about that and he, how Jack was, you know, that was one of the better jobs of Jack consoling a, a fellow agent partner, whatever, whereas he had those struggles consoling R- Renee in season seven. Uh, he was better console, better when he was consoling Chloe, Chloe. at the beginning of this season. I thought so, so too. That's, yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice change. And Jack went, but when Kate is like, how am I supposed to live with this? And Jack said, you just, you just do. Nice little touch, by the way, and he, you know, just the delivery of, uh, when he says, you know, my partner, and then he double takes and says, my friend. My it's just, friend, it's, yeah. And it's one of those things where it like, it just calls back to that, the, the speed at which that thing grew and then was quickly taken away. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, and it was, it was a nice callback to Renee. It was it was a good character moment for Jack. It was a good moment for Kiefer, uh, and it was also another one of those good moments um, where 
live in, live, whatever commentary Live Another Day is making about Jack Bauer, the character, and, and Jack's current, um, current state. Right. So I thought that was really good. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was, there was some good, some, some, re- that was a really good scene between Jack and Kate. Uh, and hopefully we'll have a few more, m- more of them. I presume next week we're going to pick up with Jack and Kate, uh, in the throes of this firefight with the Russians. Yeah. Um, Which means and... that I don't think we're getting a time jump, at least not at the beginning of that next episode. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on with the time <laughs> jump, and that's, that's fine. Uh, a lot of people are speculating now that there's just not going to be one, that either the writers were, changed their mind or were mm-hmm. f- fooling people, and I certainly don't care if there is one or not. Uh, it won't, I'm not going to look at the season in any negative way if there isn't one. Why don't they just um, change the title card for the last episode to just 12? <laughs> they, they, they might do that. I mean, who knows? So, time jump, no time jump, who knows? Um, but there, there's going to be this firefight, there's going to be Heller dealing with the U.S. attacking. China, uh, I'm, you know, considering how the season's in paced, you know, they'll probably figure out Shang is involved pretty quickly, um, and Jack and Chloe are, are, are in there, and then, um, I'm guessing, you know, maybe some of the other CIA teams join Jack and Kate, they stop the Russians, and they're, they say, wow, what the hell are the Russians doing yeah. with this thing? And, and then they maybe find... That, maybe that's, Bedro comes into play, so really, really good setup. For next week. Here's a quick thought before we close this down. Um, you know, Ch- Chang is Chinese, but he may not, may not, because we don't know yet, but he may not be working for China. And in that instance, do, do the Chinese, do the Chinese Chinese, I mean, the, the government, team up with our protagonists to take down Chang? That would be an interesting development. I don't Maybe, know if that's going to happen. Maybe, but that would, be, that would be pretty quick because I would imagine their first reaction is, Wow, a missile which may or may not have been nuclear was just fired at our sure, sub, sure, sure. Uh, at our aircraft carrier by the U.S. What the hell is going on here? Right, right. It, it, that that makes it even more interesting to see what how that plays out. But you know, yeah. So there there, there are going to be some some damn good beats um, in the penultimate episode of Twenty Four Live Another Day. This is one of those moments where I wish they were doing a two episode special to close it out like they have previously because I, I I don't know if I can wait. And, and hold it in, but uh, yeah, that's um, uh, twelve episodes. Why? Why do you do this to us? Uh, but again, it's a it's a bonus. Um, sure, sure, yes, yes, it'll be positive. You know, it 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 is a bonus. So, um, and I don't know. I can't wait. I'm pretty excited about this this coming week's episode, and you know, the week um, the week after that. Kids of and this generation. Thing- this is what it's like to watch a TV show on television and not all dumped into an online repository at once, just so you know. Yeah. Um so uh so I guess that's I guess that's it. Do we um have anything else, any other odds and ends, anything that we didn't see this week that, you know, I guess we would have liked to have seen? Perhaps, but uh, you know, this episode was was so riveting that, you know, I I just can't wait for next week and I got to watch it again. Yeah, this this was a goodie. I got to watch it a second time, give it the traditional second watch. Um. Yeah, you should. You should. You should do that, and you can let us let let us know what you uh think of it. I will next week, but I think we'll have other things to things to we'll talk certainly about. Certainly have things to say about other shit next week. Right. I'm pretty sure. Right. I mean, right now the uh the mustache is coming. The mustache is coming. Oh, what a glorious mustache! All right. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. I guess that's. I guess that's it. So. Um. 
You want to close this one out? Sure. One word. Like Madonna. Wait, I'm sorry. I, I, I meant whatever happened here didn't happen. Shut it down. Thanks for listening to 24 Cast Another Day. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet David at DeepSky24MDNA, that's the number 24, and Austin at Mr. Chupon, that's M-R-C-H-U-P-O-N. Or you can drop us a line at our podcast page at 24ladcast.tumblr.com. Again, that's 24ladcast.tumblr.com. Please keep them scoped to anything about the most recent episode to date and prior. No questions or comments about reported rumors or spoilers about future episodes, or even anything you saw in the promo for next week's episode. We really don't like spoilers. Thanks a lot. I like all the balls.